Hey everyone, welcome back to Global Blue Nosers, the podcast about everyday people around the world whose lives have been shaped by the province of Nova Scotia. I'm your host, Sean Meister, and you probably noticed that this episode showed up uh, somewhat unexpectedly in your feed. And that's right, it's not Thursday, the normal episode day. And that's because this is a little something extra to celebrate last week's 10th episode of Global Blue Nosers, uh, a show I started planning over three years ago and finally got the guts to turn into reality this year. And for all of you who've been following along, uh, listening to each episode as I find my voice and confidence, uh, I wanted to reward you with a a little something uh, extra special. Uh, So here's a little bit of bonus content for you. But I'm going to be honest, I don't know if I'm ready for what's about to hit me. Um, Because today's episode is called The Welshman. Now, (laughs) why is it called The Welshman? Uh, Well, because looking at me right now as we sit here in the wonderful uh, Podstarter studios in Halifax are three gentlemen who have left their Welsh homeland to make Nova Scotia their second home. And for some reason, I decided the best idea was to bring them all together into one room with no preparation and start recording and see what happens. So... That is what all of you get to enjoy today, and I have no idea what's coming at me. So, uh, Reese Waters, uh, Darren Rolls, and James Collins, uh, welcome to the show, and thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for having us. Yep, Great thank you. I hope you feel intimidated. Uh, well, I mean, it feels like I'm in a job interview right now, so uh, and I bomb them every time, so I do feel intimidated. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I really do appreciate you guys agreeing to do this. Um, and before we, we get started, I actually just want to set a baseline to understand how long each of you has been in Nova Scotia. So we'll just go around the room, Reese, start with you. Uh, five years. Five years? Five years. Darren, five years. And 13 for me. 13? I didn't come with Reese, by the way. No, no, no. We're separate, was, separate package. Separate package. Yeah. Okay, just... <laughs> not, not much difference. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, just as we were starting to talk, I realized that there were lots of connections just in this room already, which I think we'll probably have to get into at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Way more than than I knew about uh, coming into this. Um, So it felt very Nova Scotian just in that moment. Um, But yeah, so you'll notice I just said names because I don't do bio readings. Uh, That's not my style. So I'm going to get each of you guys to do the 30 seconds of of who you are. And for once, I'm actually going to keep track of time because I usually only have one guest, not three staring at me. Um, But uh, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to go around the room. Tell the listeners who you are, Reese. Uh, I'm Reese Waters. I'm a producer and co-founder of Podstarter. Um, uh, I originally used to work in TV and radio and launched this company when I moved here. Um, I'm, I've got four kids and a dog, and we live in like the Hammonds Plains area. Very nice. I'm Darren Rolls. I'm currently the head of diagnostics at Sona Nanotech. Um, I've been here five years. I've married. I've got two kids. I don't have any dogs. Um, and I currently live in the Crichton Park area next to Lake Bunuk. Nice. And I'm James Collins. I came here 13 years ago. I'm VP with Cushman & Wakefield, so commercial real estate brokerage. In the real estate game, one of those guys. No kids for me, just, just one dog uh, and one wife, and I'm in Bedford. <laughs> Very nice. I like the qualification of one wife. That was that was good. <laughs> it had to be said. Um, <laughs> He's from Wales. He yeah, have more than one. I, I I said I didn't know what I was walking into. We're all so. South Walians here, though. We are. We all, from we all have a single area. spouse. You go up north. We'll, we'll tell you about that. <laughs> the, the the rules change when you go up to North Wales. I, I can't wait to visit. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I'm excited. Ask Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So and the other great thing is 
I've got uh, at least two uh, podcast hosts in the room with me today, too, which is also slightly intimidating. So I've hosted a podcast. Have, as you've well. hosted one. I did Sony Nanotech's podcast for over a year. Brilliant. So yeah, we're all seasoned professionals. Seasoned, and I am <laughs> ten episodes in, so not seasoned. So R- uh, Reese wins. <laughs> yeah, R- Reese. How many? How many episodes have you? Oh, well, my my, my main show that I do, we're up to mm. about. 260 episodes. Okay, we're all leaving. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is like this is like me as a beer league hawker, hockey player walking into like an NHL game. Like, yeah, I'm going to compete. Well, that's why he's got his own studio, though, yeah. <laughs> to be fair. Which, by the way, thanks, Reese, for letting us use this yeah. space. Yeah, you're welcome. This is amazing. I'm going to invite you on all my shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Send you the charge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The invoice will be in the mail. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, I didn't say where I live, so that's good. Um, so, Where do you live, Sean? I, I'm down in Lunenburg. Oh, that's so right. I'm the one non-Halifax. You're the one sending pictures to everybody about the ocean. Yes, down in beautiful yeah. Lunenburg. Yep, that's the only thing. Well, I used to see pictures of Halifax and think it was beautiful. Then I moved there, and now I see your posts and think, why the heck am I here? I need to go to Lunenburg. I, I mean, so. the pictures speak for themselves. That's why I live down there. The sky is always redder, not the grass it's, is always greener. Yeah. yeah, and never any fog, no, nothing. Always blue skies, beautiful, everything like that. So. Um, so to, to kick things off, and again, I don't want this to be too formal, but I'd love for everyone to learn how you guys became part of the Nova Scotia family. So maybe if you could each give me a bit of a, a description of how Nova Scotia got on your radar. How did you end up starting to live your life here? And uh, this time, I think we're going to start with Darren. Okay. Um, so I was currently working for a company, scientific company in the UK, and I met a professor and his uh, undergrad student, no, his postdoc student, sorry, at a conference in Boston. Um, and they were a spin-out company of Sanifex up in Anaganish. Um, they didn't really realize what they had in terms of the invention that they created. Um, and they needed a bit of help. Um, so I started kind of helping them out, uh, introducing them to the market, etc. And their seed founding company that were based here in Halifax uh, got wind of that and, um, you know, and asked me to come over and help out and present like a business plan, et cetera. Um, and then it went kind of from there. Uh, I got invited to join the team and come over and take over the company as a CEO. Um, and that was like five years ago. Um, and that was the start of it, really. So I said yes, pretty much on the spot. Uh, you don't get offered too many jobs as a CEO uh, from middle management that often. So, um, yeah, so I kind of said yes and then... Um, went on a great journey uh, of the last five years, um, you know, kind of building Sona to what it is now, which is a publicly listed company um, with two sites uh, here in Nova Scotia. And now we just recently acquired a company in the U.S. as well. So, yeah, things are on the up. Nice. How, did you know much about Nova Scotia before that? Not a clue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> someone said to me, you're in Nova Scotia. I was like, where's that? And they said, east coast of Canada. And I was like, Okay, Toronto then? <laughs> and uh, they were like, no, no, the bit that sticks out at the end. And I was like, okay, I didn't know. Um, but actually, the more I looked into it, because uh, it took us like nine months to get here by the time we did um, immigration, figure out where to live, etc. So uh, the more I looked at it, it was like, actually, it's really like Wales. It really, really is. Um, and then slowly started finding the Welsh expat community here. And again, more Welsh people here than I ever thought there was. Um, so yeah, you've got the ocean kind of 10 minutes away, you've got the mountains, um, you know, not, not so far away as well. And, you know, everyone's like really chilled out, laid back and friendly. So very much like whale screen. You just actually do get snow here though, which I don't like. 
Like yeah, winters like, are not fun. But no time off school when you get snow, unlike home. True, but you do get more of a summer time off here, which is amazing because you don't get six weeks off like here, which you do in the UK. Here you get like two and a half months off. Yeah, and the summers are stunning here. Like, so yeah, I think you also you don't have like constant rain all through August. <laughs> True. Which you kind of expect to have like, yeah, yeah. some sunshine in August, and you're like, no, it's no, no, going to no. rain. But it, but that's what makes everything beautiful and green back in the green, green grass of home of Wales. But it's like, yeah, well, it doesn't rain that much here, and it's pretty green. So uh, I don't believe that anymore. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so um, but I've been able to maintain a beautiful Welsh or slash English garden, which I have at my house. Um, you know, so again, you know, the weather's kind of similar yeah. and the whole place is really similar. So it's really nice. Keeping a touch of home there in the backyard. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, James, what about you? So I was a young guy. I was a kid and not a kid kid. I was in my early twenties. I, um, so let me go back actually thousands of years, thousands of years ago, I met my now wife. Uh, we were both working in Florida for, for a company that has a massive rodent problem down there in Florida. They own a bunch of theme parks and there's a particular governor they're kind of in a, in a bit of a feud with right now. Uh, we were both working there. She is from here <laughs> and went through a gap year together in Florida. And then I had to come back and go to university. She was fully-fledged Canadian. She had no right to be there. So my first year when I was studying back in the University of Gloucestershire, uh, which is a pretend university in the UK, <laughs> I, um, she went through her, her visa process to come to the UK. She lived with me for two years. We'd started a business at that point. I was doing some work with the BBC as well, and 2008 hit. So we were left with a couple of options. Um, we could either, well, where we were living wasn't going to work. If I wanted to continue a broadcasting career, I was going to have to go to London. And to a young guy, it's like New York or Toronto or Chicago, any big city we're all used to. It seems wonderful on the outset. London, as these guys will tell you, is a great place. Wonderful for four or five days. Did I want to pack my life up there and move? No. So the better adventure for us with her being from Nova Scotia was to come to Canada. The economy was more stable here. Uh, with the business we had, the clients were remote, so we could pick that up and move it over, and we did just that in 2010. So I was here through, I not say choice, we chose to come here, but Nova Scotia as a specific place was purely because of my wife's family. So it was all through that connection, otherwise you probably would have known nothing about no, would never have, my life would have taken a totally different direction. And we actually left Nova Scotia. We came here for a couple of years. We moved to London, Ontario, and we hated it. So we turned around and came back. So when I look at the fact we accidentally landed in Nova Scotia all those years ago, it's still to me the best place to be because we have left and we loved it enough when we left to come back. I hope you thank her every morning for that. I do. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's insane. Just that one decision to go to Florida as a 18 year old. A meeting one person from a random place I'd never heard of. To be here now building a life with no plans to leave, it's great. Yeah, I mean, and I've been to London, Ontario, so good choice to come back. Yeah, oh yeah, it was good. Yeah, you live somewhere for eight months <laughs> and talk to one neighbor twice. So we, we didn't last long. <laughs> no offense, London, Ontario. Sorry about that. We love you, just not enough <laughs> to live with. You're just not as good as us out here. Uh, so, Reese, what about you? Yeah, me and my wife were both wrapped up with our careers and we were so busy that um, we had three young kids. We weren't spending much time with them. And, you know, we 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 were comfortable, you know, but everything on paper made sense. But we just weren't happy because we weren't time rich. And then um, this is more for me than my wife. But the, the, the Brexit referendum happened. And the day after I was like, 
I this isn't going to go well. Um, I think we should start thinking about another opportunity somewhere to go. And we'd always loved Canada. Nine months later, we'd we got residency. We'd started applying, and we were lucky. It was at a time when the paperwork and the bureaucracy was functioning really well, and we pretty much could have lived anywhere in Canada. And we were looking at like out west, and we were kind of like you know considering everywhere you could imagine, really. And then we we kept coming back to Nova Scotia. And it was largely the imagery that was the thing that kind of caught, captured our attention first was the fishing villages and the, the lighthouses and everything. And then I was like, well, it's a lot. Half of the people we were talking to were saying, don't go there. There's no opportunity. There's no jobs. The other half was saying, this is amazing. You should come here. So I said, how about I go out there for a week on my own, like, and just just go and speak to a bunch of people and look at those opportunities. So I did that. I came here for a week and I... Um, I got upgraded to a, like a Cadillac, even though I'd like rented it. So I was like driving around town in a Cadillac for a week, just networking and meeting <laughs> people, which is great. Everyone was so friendly. Everyone was kind of interested to talk and to find out. And I told them, well, we're thinking of moving you. And then we were just like love bombed in every conversation. Yeah. Um, and short, a few months later, I was said to my wife, let's come with, at the time we had three kids. Let's come with the three kids. One of them was less than one, so that was like a fun flight. Um, and then we stayed out in Hubbard's uh, on Fox Point Lake. We rented like a lake house for a week, and they all loved it too. So it was kind of a no-brainer. And then we just we just came here. <laughs> we didn't know anybody, and it was great. So. Yeah, that, that's the that's the thing. Yeah, I think they they lull us in because similar. You know, you came in and you had that experience of being treated so well, and yeah, and you and and you had this place on you know, down in Fox Point. And like first week I ever came here, um, you know, to, to brought my wife and two kids over and they put us up on, you know, in a house on Chocolate Lake. Um, and we were like, is this how everybody lives in Nova Scotia? Because this is amazing. Like <laughs> quickly found out that's not the case. Um, but we were like, this is the kind of life. But we genuinely were like, this is the kind of life we want to live, actually, is is to find somewhere like this, you know, nice house, wonderful, lovely neighbors. Because even though we were just renting this place for a week and a half, you know, the, the, like there was neighbors either opposite us and, uh, you know, either side and opposite. They were coming over and they were like, oh, hey, how are you guys? And, you know, how are you settling in? And like pointing out different things you can go and do. Your other boys would go and love this. And we're like, wow. Like I've lived in my house in Cardiff for seven years within walking distance of my son's school. And like you, James, like you talked to like three neighbors and I was like, yeah, we don't really want to kind of grow up in this environment. And then just by happenstance, like this opportunity came up and I said to my wife, I was like, we need to go. Like, you know, we, we can't say no to this opportunity. Luckily, she was a freelance graphic designer, so she didn't kind of have any like real kind of ties. I mean, she she, you know, she had clients and people to work for in the UK, but she's been really supportive, which was amazing. And I think that's the the key thing here. We've all got supporting spouses that say, "Yeah, okay, fine. We'll follow you halfway across the world, and uh, you know, and, and see see what you want to kind of make yeah. of." So, like, pressure's on. <laughs> like, make, make sure it's good. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a, a common element for the people I'm typically talking to on the show, which are the folks that left. Uh, same thing. You had to have a really supportive family network to actually leave this place. So it's kind of interesting that other side you know you have to have that the people that are willing to to be there by your side to say yeah we're going to take a challenge and go to this place that you know internationally not a lot of people know about nova scotia aside from like peggy's cove so um yeah so kudos to all the the families around you guys for, for and not only the direct families though but i've come here now and i feel like certainly in my neighborhood i feel like i've found new family mm -hmm. and they even say that to us now like they're like, oh, if you're ever in a pickle, like you guys mm -hmm. are family now, so you know we we help you out, yeah. Which is amazing because, like I said, it's 
don't know. It, it's very un-British. <laughs> it, I know. <laughs> in, I know. In, in lots of communities. It, it's that thing of like keeping your distance, emotional distance. And, yeah. You know, like, yeah. It's, it's, and the thing that sums it up for me is that during the last hurricane, we lost power for eight days. Yeah. And none of our street did. This one maple tree took out our own individual line and everyone else had power back within like hours. And because it was just one household and they were reconnecting like clusters of 10 and 15 because it made more sense. And we literally we couldn't get access for any support um, to like, you know, find a hotel. The hotels were full of people with insurance claims and the people who've been like flown in to repair. So we were just stuck in a house with no power for eight days. And all of our neighbors just they were like coming up a shower in my house you know yeah we'll just bring in water over like sending us meals you know we had our we had a, a big chest freezer family of four big chest freezer our, our all of our stuff from our freezer was distributed across other people's freezers <laughs> <laughs> did you get it all back yeah, we did we you did, did. Yeah. okay barbecued it all yeah. <laughs> exactly in the middle so. of winter yeah, yeah. barbecues yeah so <laughs> it was like honestly we like the it is like a family it's yeah. like a family on the street and i've never felt that before no. where you kind of well, i had some really good neighbors who were really good friends but never the whole street just coming together yeah. i find it harps back to because we had that when we were kids well I, I certainly had that when i was a kid and i'm sure you guys did but it, it almost feels like as we became young adults we didn't have that in our neighborhoods and now like here it feels like oh my god i've got like my childhood kind of neighborhood back like it is like know. an 80s childhood it is i know <laughs> like, just, like, like even on sunday it was just, just randomly even though it was raining i had like eight kids in my backyard because we had a fire pit going and then all of a sudden it was like all the kids were there and then all the adults came as well and we all just you know started having a few beers and stuff and you're like wow this never happened in the uk ever <laughs> probably because i didn't have a fire pit but <laughs> yeah i think there's no class divide here as well and and we you know look I've had lots of discussions with Brits about does the kind of three-tier class system still exist in the UK? I think it does. Oh, totally. And, you know, when I go back to some of my parents in, in Upper Cumbran, to, to the gentleman here in the Posh. room will, will know that. <laughs> but it's like you, you go and visit them and then it's, it's, there's just the tears and you go to the pub and you're like, okay, we're mixing with people like them from their village that dress like them and middle-class retired individuals. I come back to Canada and I realize the community is just the community, whether you've got the consultant surgeon two doors down um, and then, you know, somebody at the other end of, of, of what we were class as the scale, two doors down from them, everybody's a family. So I only have to be in the UK for a day to see that that class divide still still exists over there. But it has its place and it's it's part of the culture in the UK. They will They will never get rid of it. It's not as pronounced as it was. But to speak to these gentlemen's points you do find new family when you come to Canada. And I find people will strip away the socioeconomic uh, facade that they need during their personal life or they might have behind closed doors. And, and by simply being in proximity to their house, you are part of their family. Yeah, And, and it's still in the UK. There, there would be certain people, I know where I grew up, um, on the street who were better than you. And I, I wouldn't even mix with their kids. And we live five doors down, but he was a doctor. You know, my mother was a nurse. No difference to me, but to him, yeah, you don't mix. Yeah, that's that's definitely not the the norm around here, and it's you know, Reese, you said uh, you know a bit of emotional distance, you know, for in the UK, like there is no there's no emotional distance. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> do not show any emotion in the UK. Oh, I mean, and <laughs> no, it's it's not just that you can show emotion here; is everyone wants to be like sitting right next to you, knowing everything that's going on in your life, and they're like they want to be right there with you all the time. It's a very yeah. Which and, for British people is a little bit scary. Sometimes yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. Well, even okay, Reese, they were all asking him to go closer. in and shower, apparently, yeah. weren't they? You said I during know. the storm they were all inviting you in to shower. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Showered in like... Please, no, please houses. come in and shower, Reese. <laughs> please. 
We want to get to know you. Okay. <laughs> the amount of different shampoos I got to try. <laughs> Did you find the right one? Is... Eventually. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So, I mean, I think the answer is, you know, laying right here, but do you guys consider yourselves Nova Scotians? I, yeah, I think so. I think my kids are, definitely. And I think it's kind of like a Welsh Nova Scotian blend. Um, I think I, I hang on to more of the Welshness and the yeah. Britishness than my wife does. Yeah. She's kind of like adapted more and the kid with the kids as well. But yeah, I, I'd say it's a real blend. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, definitely. I, I kind of hold on to Welsh heritage and, and, and definitely my wife does as well. But our boys are definitely integrated into Nova Scotia. Um, and we, we kind of look back a little bit. We've been we've been talking about it in the last probably six months to a year um, because, you know, we were just like, oh, you know, we're going to they're going to miss the opportunity to kind of grow up in Wales and learn and understand about Wales um, because we left when they were a little bit young. You know, they were like nine and, and five. Um, so we were a bit like, oh, OK, um, they're going to miss that a little bit. So we've been because of that, we've gone really extra in, in you know, about Wales and kind of maintaining Welsh culture and, 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 you know, getting them to understand that. But because there are so many ties here around Wales with people and, you know, and, and things that go on and are similar to Wales, and, you know, and it's easy to kind of keep an eye on things in Wales and watch British TV and all that, you know, with the rugby and everything. So they kind of got those ties. but And they so they are inquisitive still about Wales. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I mean, if I was going to consider myself anything but Welsh, it would probably be Nova Scotian, <laughs> for sure. I think I have a tug of war with this situation. And well, didn't you cry the last time you went to the UK? You did I wanna, tell you, you that story? Yeah, you didn't want to come back. I actually told you that story. You did here. Right? I did. I'm, I'm going to tell the story right now. Good yeah. Man. <laughs> so I, when, when I'm here, this is real life. It's daily life. I go to work. I've got my my family here, my friends. It's when I go home. And I've been over here now 13 years. Every time I go home, and I mean this with love to the people back home because it's nobody's fault. Every time I go home, I feel like more of a tourist. I feel like more of an outsider, which actually strengthens calling myself a Nova Scotian. Every time I go back, I can go to my parents' pub or I can talk to people, friends, and there's a cultural reference I don't get that time. Or there's a TV show on that I haven't been exposed to, which has become a part of the lexicon there, and they're comparing to some character, and I don't know who that is. Ironically, that was, that was Seinfeld when I first came to Canada. I could never, ever make... People were making Seinfeld references around me, and I, I went from first episode to finale just to be able to fit in. <laughs> I've lost that now with the UK. But then when I stay in the UK, and the longer I stay, I consider myself more and more Welsh. And and to, to talk to your, your point there, Darren, I was back home last August... And we, this is going to get really somber, but we can laugh over it, okay? Because I was a big crybaby. We were at Gatwick Airport in the airport hotel. And I'm normally ready to come back. Clients are here, works here, you know, friends and family here. I broke down in the hotel and I bawled and I said, I do not want to go back to Canada. For some reason in that, that trip and that moment, I wanted to stay. I had to come back home. I was fine the next day and yeah. life continues so i i consider myself nova scotian i notice it more when i go home but the longer i spend at home the more i feel like a welshman and the harder it is to come back and and it it's got worse for me every year and it's going to continue getting harder yeah does it get harder like if you spend a long time there like or, you know if you spend three days there five days there, or if you're out there for like two or three weeks do you, do you find it harder then it, i do and it actually as well it's seasonal so if we've, I've always said this, I find it emotionally easy. I was there in February. I find it emotionally easier to visit when the festivals aren't happening and the, the seafronts don't look all that great and it's a little bit cold. 
when I go in the summer, the UK, as everyone here knows, really comes alive in the summer. That, to me, really plays tri- tricks in my head. Um, all I will say is, and it's not to scare anyone who's who's moving or, or is living in the country they weren't born in, it gets harder every year. Really gets harder every year to to visit and then to come home again. Well, it, actually, I, this, this is really fascinating because this was one of the sort of the seeds planted from my life as an expat when I left Nova Scotia that I've been trying to sort of look through in this show is, you know, for me, when I was living away from Nova Scotia, I felt I was living two lives. I was living the life that I was there and the life that I still had in Nova Scotia because I didn't want to lose that part of myself. And so to hear you talking about that, I can completely relate to it. I mean, I'm not from Wales, but that 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 sort of split identity, I completely relate to. And it honestly, it drew, that's why I'm back is because it, it got to the point where it broke me and I had to come back home. So um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's at all unique that for, for that sort of expat mm-hmm. feeling to, to, because you're, you're split between two places. I, I think people that are um, kind of not familiar or not been in that situation as well. I think when they see other people going through that and then, uh, you know, an example could be, you could be here and then you'd see somebody else who's being called back to their homeland. And they go, well, why Why do you want to go back there? Because you left. You came here. It's really cool. You know, you, there's loads of pros here. But you've got that call back to come back to. And, and I don't think people, you know, understand what that's like. And, um, yeah, and it's hard to kind of put a finger on it because, like, I, you know, I have that call back myself, but I don't want to. I, I don't want to go back. I have the I have the luxury of being able to go back on a regular basis, and you know, from a work perspective and from a personal perspective. Um, so I kind of get my fix, I guess, a little bit of that. That's a good uh, way of putting it. Actually, I have to do once a year minimum. Yeah, twice to get the fix. Yeah, and my, I, I've been back a number of times over the past five years. My wife went back the, earlier this year for the first time since we ever came here. And because she had this call and she wanted to go and do and experience it. So she went back um, and she said it was just like, wow, like, you know, and and she's come back and gone. Yeah, I kind of really want to go back to the UK at some point, Mm. um, you know, because you miss everything around it as well. You know, the history and the the link that's there. Um, So I think and I think that's you know not just for us in the UK, but I think that's anybody anywhere from any country. Uh, because you always look back with, fun, you know, and unless you're kind of grown up in a in a country that's like kind of, I don't know, decimated by war and it's just been horrible and stuff, and you're kind of, and then you look to uh, other countries and you're like, wow, now I'm safe and I'm happy. Mm. Um, you know, I was ta- I was chatting to a, a, a Ukrainian guy a couple of weeks ago um, who just came round to do some handiwork in my house. Um, and we, I was asking him about it because I li- just listened to one of your episodes of your podcast, and I was like, "What? What do you feel like? You know, you kind of been ripped from your home." And and he had a wonderful, like he said, he had a wonderful life with his wife and kids on the west side of Ukraine. wasn't involved in anything to do with the war, and um, you know, and they but they had to leave, and luckily they they managed to get visas here to Canada. Um, and he said, you know, and he had like his own shop and everything, and now like he's over here, he's a handyman. Um, but he's enjoying and making the most of his life. But he was just like, I do got that call to go back. He, he said, I need to go back to Ukraine at some point. Like, so I think it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. And unless you're in that situation, you, you, like, pe- people just don't understand it, I think. I haven't been back in five years since I moved here. Don't you want to go back? I honestly, like, I don't know what... I mean, you're from Blackwood, so... I am from Blackwood. You know, it's, <laughs> no, exactly. it's not much. What like, is there really to go back to? I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, re- I'm really lucky that a lot of... Family- the Manics left, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of family come and visit us. 
and when they came they didn't get it at first until they visited for the first time and like my parents were like we missed the hell out of you and the kids but like don't come back this is amazing this lifestyle yeah they kind of got it it clicked in their head like so um like in my head i've always been obsessed i've always loved american cars i've you know I, I'm, I'm like a pop culture junkie so like you know like the lifestyle we've got in my head i was like oh well that's like the st- only stuff people in movies have and i'm like hey now we're gonna pick up truck and all <laughs> and all this stuff I, i'm like childishly excited about but the one thing i would say over time i if 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 it was cheap to go back with four kids yeah. i would do it in a heartbeat just you know but the, I, I also want to explore areas around here as well so you know i think a lot of it was we were we were exploring so much around this area because it was like felt like one big holiday for yeah. the first few years yeah so we were so focused in embedding and not wanting to confuse the kids because they were so young by hey we're in canada now we're in wales and but as time's gone on I think as my kids are getting older and they sound more more Nova Scotian, more Canadian. Um, can I get a water? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead exactly. of water. Exactly. You can have a water, not a water. Exactly. Say the T. Pronounce <laughs> the T. It's not illegal to put a T in a word that doesn't sound like a D. Exactly. So, so we got some artwork on the wall and it's a, a painting of the like stone-built valleys, terraces. Right. So these terraces, they're long rows of houses, densely packed together, tiny like kind of gray slate homes. And my kids were like, "What's that a picture of?" And then my was, home. <laughs> exactly. I was showing, so I was showing the pictures. Like, Does that what Wales looks like? And it made me made us realize. And also, like when kids come in, we live in like a really multicultural area. So like the kids in the elementary school are from like all over the world, you know. Um, and they were when it was Diwali or when it was like Chinese New Year, people were coming in in traditional clothes and sharing it. And my kids were starting to go, well, you know, what about our heritage and our kind of culture? So they wanted to kind of go in with like, you know, pictures of Wales and like, you know, some um, the Welsh flag, that kind of yeah. thing. So I think as they get older and they're exploring like who are we and where are we from? I think there's this urge to go back growing. Um, and I think I think we will eventually, but it's uh, for us is more of a logistical thing. But also I think I was kind of in my head, I was just enjoying the ride so much. <laughs> too, so. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people realize how much place has to do with your identity until you're you know get stripped away from it it's like i growing up here i was like i didn't even identify as a nova scotia i was just like a guy living here and then i left and i was like oh my god that was the core to my identity like i felt like i had my soul ripped out of me so it's like i don't think people realize especially if they're watching someone who's an expat like well why are you going home like you say it's because that that feeling that that missing piece is yeah. it's it's intense at times. It, it's just as you're wandering around the streets or whatever, or you're in work. It's just hearing the lilt in the tones of voices and the language. I mean, because because we all speak in English, so um, you know it, it's it's mishearing missing hearing that Welsh tilt. Um, you know, whereas if if you know if you're French or something, you know you're wandering around. You know you'd miss everybody speaking French or Spanish or German or whatever. Um, but for us, it's just even just that Welsh, and to the point of where you can even tell where people are because the dialects are so yeah. distinct. Um, you know, so, so you kind of yeah do miss that, which is quite nice when you know you get to come here and and you know have a, you know have a chat with other Welsh guys, and you're like, oh yeah, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, and how much how important is the diaspora community to that? Because that I mean, I had no idea how many folks from Wales were in Nova Scotia, but I keep bumping into more and more people from it. So there is there is Every a little time bit. your wallet's stolen, you're like, there's another Welshman. <laughs> <laughs> Those Welsh guys. We, we have a WhatsApp group, don't we? We do. We, we have, have a Welsh yeah. Nova, Welsh, Sco- Nova, Nova Scotia, Scotia Welsh. Yeah. Well, I was disconnected for, for years. I went, it's actually Reese who saved me. 
um, through a mutual friend. You're welcome. To, to, you're welcome. <laughs> so I did not mix with any Welsh people the first what, 10 years I was here. Um, and then one day I had a, a text message from Paul Matthews. Shout out to Paul Matthews, uh, who used to be a bass player in a band I played in. TJ's gentleman. Yeah. 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 L- lots of sweaty nights at TJ's with this band <laughs> oh, over yeah. the years. I probably saw you. You probably, yes, <laughs> probably a long time ago now. Ago. He said, a, a good friend of mine from, where, where were you studying? Cross Keys. Cross Keys, Cross Keys okay. College. Yeah. A, a good friend of mine has just moved somewhere in Eastern Canada. And I thought, didn't think much of it. I said, oh, great. You know, want to try to find out where from. And he got back to me later that day and he said, um, his name's Reese. He's, he's in Nova Scotia. I said, well, Great, that's where I am. And then he threw me your information. I sent a message to Reese and said, "Hey, I understand you've got maybe six months before." Six I think months, so. yeah, months? yeah. Well, we I think you just gone through. When? What time of year did you get here? We arrived in the spring. It was April time. When we so arrived. been about a year because I think you just we we talked about winter the first time you and I yes, met. Yes, yeah, yeah, Just yeah, been yeah. through yeah. the first winter. That sounds about right. And then I met um, Reese and had coffee, and then he introduced me a short while later to the to the wider Welsh community here, but. It was funny. I didn't find the Welsh community because of anyone here. It was. It took a guy back home. Well, he lives in Japan. He lives in Japan now. <laughs> this is the other part of this. Is that, is that uh, to be clear? Sorry. Yes, Paul moved to uh, to Japan, and it was just that one message. Like, hey, my friends moved. I think somewhere near you, and and we pieced the puzzle together. So very interesting how how that can happen. And the more you talk to people, and the more our group has spoken, uh, and I'm sure people will trade stories at some point. There are some freaky connections. Yeah. Well, we got a great connection. We bumped into each other in the Home Depot car park. <laughs> and I was there with my father-in-law because yeah. he, he was he wanted to buy us a barbecue as a gift. And um yeah, he, the connection is that he used to be the your wife's maths teacher. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at, her, at her comprehensive school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife and my two best friends. <laughs> and and he still remembered them as well. Yeah, I know. And which was random. Uh, just Sorry, you uh, your wife saw her old teacher. No, in she, Canada. I, no, I I was on my own. Um, oh, okay, but, but she that'd but, be strange to see your old teacher thousands of miles away in a Home Depot parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Following up on that homework. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you ever hand that in? No, uh, and she hated maths. <laughs> he was also well known for being terrifying. He he, he was a very terrifying guy. But uh, you know, apparently, I I he, I was at a different school. I don't know. But um, he was it, was, it was so random to, to meet him in a car park in Home Depot. Like, just, and, and that wasn't long after, it was probably about a year after we'd been here, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so, uh, yeah. Quit. But I actually started getting in contact with the Welsh community here through LinkedIn. Because, yeah, uh, uh, yeah it, it genuinely was through that. And someone reached out to me, and that was um, our friend Martin Lewis, um, uh, who's actually, uh, he's like a, a rugby coach here and he does loads of other things for Tars Rugby. Um, and he reached out to me and he's like, oh, hey, I'm a Welsh guy. I'm just moving to Nova Scotia. Um, I'm looking for other Welsh people that are in the area. So we connected through LinkedIn and then kind of met up with him and stuff. And uh, and then through those connections, they grew to other people. And, and Martin's quite a social guy as well. And, and he'll build those networks really quickly. Um, and, and I say, especially through rugby, um, you know, so yeah, it's kind of that community is growing. Um, I don't know what it's going to do or become. It should do something. Or we will take something. over one day. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. We're tro- well, we're slowly integrating better rugby into Nova Scotia for a start, which is important. It, it very, important. very important. Yeah. We now need to start doing that with soccer because I went to watch the Wanderers on the weekend and they were terrible. Uh, <laughs> I was there. Oh yeah, yes, <laughs> that, was, that was right. And I only knew you were there 
through LinkedIn because I think go. you posted a picture <laughs> on, and, and it was like, yeah, was, you were opposite me at the stands <laughs> waving. Um, so yeah, it was, yeah, they were terrible, weren't they? Uh, I was in a corporate box. I was fine. Oh, uh, you, you talk, of the cla- talk of the class system here. You, <laughs> yeah, you, you, there were, he you goes weren't posting. watching the game. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Were you drinking from those gold cups? Was it good? <laughs> Jewel encrusted goblet. <laughs> this, this is the show for everyday people. That's what I said yeah. at the beginning, and here we are. Yeah, you've got to pay extra for Reese's premium content to hear about his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah if you want to learn more about the it, Patreon yeah. tab. <laughs> the Patreon tab. But, yeah. um, it's interesting that the mayor's. There's, there's like a historic Welsh connection. So the mayor's dad was from Caldicott. No way. And he was also premier. Mike's dad? Yeah. Wow. Um, and there's also a Welsh, I think it's called Welsh Town on the South Shore, that doesn't exist anymore. It's just a pile of rubble. But it was a ship of people from Carmarthen who came here to try and build something like a community. Wow. So there are these kind of like little hidden links around. And also um, uh, the uh, East Preston... Um, the the only ever um, white pastor of the church there was Welsh. Wow, who was a really interesting character. You've done really done your I've done a bit, I've done a bit of research. Digging, a bit of yeah. <laughs> so there are these kind of weird historic, but it's kind of not celebrated in the same way as the Irish, Scottish, or English connections. Or you know, it's it's we there's a there's an amazing quote, and I use it all the time. Abraham Lincoln said that Welsh people made great Americans because they assimilated so quickly. And I think that's part of the issue is that like there's a thing with Welsh people just kind of just just go and fit in, yeah, and um, not too, like, yeah, not not too hard for people just to kind of come become ingrained in society. We're, we're lovely people, people. <laughs> they, they, we are like people as, I, lo- as I'm learning right people now. People love Welsh people. It's I think we're so easy going, laid back, and we you know we wear our hearts on our sleeves. So what you see is kind of what you get. I think with a lot of Welsh people, mm. um, and yeah, and you know, and we all embrace other people's cultures. It's funny you said that about the Celtic nations that aren't necessarily so much celebrated like, as opposed to Scottish and Irish, because one of the things that we one of the first things we did here not long after we came was we went to the Celtic festival uh, which, which is held every year but it's it doesn't seem to be that big and that promoted and we went there and um, and they say oh yeah we celebrate Welsh and Scottish and Irish I mean it was predominantly Scottish and Irish and there was a couple of things there Welsh and I was like oh well they, they're trying they, you know they're doing a little bit um, and and we didn't I didn't go for a couple of years then obviously COVID and everything else um, but I went again this year um, and yeah, the kind of Welsh thing had literally just disappeared. I was really disappointed. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was we, should, we should do all do a stand. I know. I was kind of hoping <laughs> they'd do like some country dancing. Or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they used to having come round well, square. Just, well, I think the the pre, you know, to, Darren hit the the nail on the head perfectly there. And and talking to lots of Canadians, as we all know, it's very common for Canadians to have been to the UK. Yeah. And I know folks who have been a dozen times, and I always ask them if they've been to Wales. I have met a thousand Canadians who've been to the UK. I've probably met five who've been to Wales. The guys I know who've been to Wales have returned to just Wales. So when I talk to folks, and I'm not sure if you gentlemen have, and this is a question for you, I suppose. Uh, sorry to take your job That's here, fine. Sean, no, briefly. This, this is, is my podcast now. Welcome. Um, <laughs> no, but the, the, the question is just to see if this is a isolated thing I'm hearing or not. But I talk to folks and, you know, they've done London, been to London, they've been to Liverpool, they've always gone up to Edinburgh, uh, gone up to Scotland, and they all talk about going over to Ireland, which isn't a part of the UK anyway. And I always talk about Wales. And everyone says, never been. But those who I, I know who have been have returned multiple times and they've actually 
not gone back to London, not got back to to Liverpool, not gone back to Edinburgh, uh, and have toured Wales. Have you folks noticed the same? Not many people who have been to the UK have been to Wales, but those who had love it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. My my neighbours actually, um, they've been to the UK loads of times, and the the guy, uh, my neighbour guy, he played rugby for rugby Nova Scotia, and then they, and they did a tour of Wales. And they went to Cardiff and lots of other places uh, 30 years ago. Um, and since then, he's been back a couple of times. Um, and now his son is now playing. And his son has literally just been on tour in Wales. And he was showing me photos on last night, showing me photos of his son like playing at Crossy uh, School. <laughs> and I was like, I played on that ground. <laughs> and, you know, is, is, your, is your statue still there? Yeah, it's still it there. Is, it's, still, it's still there. They didn't tear it down. Um, and playing, you know, Cardiff, you know, he was at Cardiff Castle and stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And I said, you know, I've said, because I was out last night with a group of friends. And I was like, have, you, like, have any of you guys else been to Wales? And they're like, no, like, you know, if you could go anywhere in the UK, where would you go? And the natural thing, like you said, Edinburgh, London, go to Liverpool, Manchester, whatever. And I'm like, go to Wales. It's so much better. Like, <laughs> like there's there's lots of things there. I mean, you, literally, you're in Cardiff, and uh, as I said earlier, 20 minutes you're by the ocean, an hour's drive, you're in the mountains, another hour west, and you're kind of on some of the best beaches in the whole world. You know, it's like Nova Scotia, and uh, you know, and and also we've got the most ca- castles per country in the whole world, and an effing dragon on the flag. Well, that says it all. <laughs> That's yeah. what I always say. So, when people say, why is Wales so great? I say, we have an effing dragon on the flag. The flag is pretty solid. It's the best it's, flag. I, it is I, such I, a flag. It, out of all the flags yeah. I've ever been obsessed with in my life, yeah. never as much. As I mean, that. at least we've got a bit of, a, like, we've got a lion on Nova Scotia as well, but it's not quite the same as just the bam for no, Wales. No, it's not yeah. a dragon. <laughs> I got a new phenomenon for me. I've spoken to some a handful of Canadians who've been to to Wales, lots who've been to the UK, similar thing. Three Canadians now have said to me that they're pla- actively saving up and planning trips to go to Wrexham yes. because of Welcome to Wrexham. That's uh, true. Yeah. He did a lot of good there. Yeah. They want to go and watch a game and they want to go and meet the community and the people. And like that show for me, it did a great job depicting working class Welsh life. The, and I think that people are seduced by it in yeah. some way, which is cool. They are. And there's... Uh, <laughs> I was, weird i was shopping in micmac mall uh the other day and um, talking to one of the ladies behind the counter at, at, like shoppers drug mart um and she was like oh are you from wales and I was like, yeah she was like like do, are you are you from wrexham do you know wrexham and i was like yeah i'm not from wrexham but i do Should've know have gone with it used to play for yeah them. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and she was she was like i'm go i'm going there next oh. weekend and I, I was like what do you mean and she went oh we're going to watch the kings of leon they're playing at the stadium like, and i was like wow okay a bit random i didn't not realize a, not a sentence anyone would have imagined anyone saying five I know, years the kings ago, of leon are playing at wrexham <laughs> football club stadium i've I've been to that stadium. I filmed there for a rugby thing, and they, the stadium was falling apart. And it was before all this happened. This yeah. was about eight years ago, and they were just saying they were eventually thinking it was just going to get demolished. And it was kind of like there were some people who really cared about it, and it was really tired. But now knowing that this f- turnaround has happened, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, well, I'm heading to the UK like this weekend, um, and I'm over there for a couple of weeks, so I'm going to try and get <laughs> I'm going to try and get up to Wrexham. Yeah, yeah. And just uh, go and have a look, <laughs> just to see where it's like. You know, you're in the area, and while I'm at it, I might climb, climb Snowden or something. It's made life a lot easier in 
Canada being a Welsh person, I think, because now there's a modern reference point that isn't yeah. like, um, I don't know, Richard Burton or something. I don't know. <laughs> Tom Jones. Tom Jones exactly. uh, it's Tom Jones I get all the time. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you uh, look like him, mate. All like the, the grey hair and, yeah. All, Start all the, singing. All the fake tan. Yeah. Uh, it's actually, it's funny when people get an incorrect reference to Wales. Do you ever get that? Oh, Wales. So Hugh Grant. Um, no, <laughs> sorry, you grant. <laughs> you know, you know, in some like movies, they make up like a generic European country. Oh yeah, yeah. I think like sometimes when you're introducing Wales to someone, it's almost like you're. It's like, is it like in Marvel? Is it Zakovia or whatever? <laughs> it's almost like a. a an, this a is small, Wales, a small European country that may or may not exist. You might remember it from a movie. Wakanda. So, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's that but kind it, of it's so distinct. And I remember the first time my wife came to Wales, and we we crossed the train, and we got the train from Cheltenham in Gloucestershire, another over the border in England. Beautiful. Another train. made up place. Another made up place. Yeah, I'm making it all up. My whole life's a lie. Cheltenham and uh, <laughs> Cheltenham, Cheltenham beef. We uh, we came down the train and we crossed over. It was Chepstow. We crossed over in, in into Wales. And the second we crossed over into the country, you go over a bridge in this town called Chepstow. It's obviously a border town. Straight away, my wife said, "Wow, this looks so different." I've since spoken to quite a few people who've taken that a similar train journey, and they've all said the second we crossed into Wales, it looked different. And the UK is very interesting because you've got four countries that I always compare it to the US with the 50 states. They're trying to be distinct. They're trying to have their own culture, but ultimately they're, they're somewhat one and the same. Um, I'm biased, of course, but I do find that that, that, cross, that border crossing from England to Wales is a shift, a noticeable shift. And every time I do that when I go home, it's just being hit with that big blanket of you know yeah. and there's a there's familiarity a, there's another similar crossing as well when that you can drive um and it's down through a little village called rolson Y, which is actually like got you know it's really famous for like reading and outdoor libraries and stuff and it's beautiful castle there um if anybody's ever in that area but you literally can follow the road you drive down and as you're driving down this like little tiny a road um, there's a sign that says "Welcome to Wales," and up on the up on the hill, up on your left hand side, someone had planted like a whole bunch of trees and stuff, and they carved out like 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 a Welsh flag or something in the tree. It changes every time, but there's just that distinct moment, and you're like, and then you could just see all the valleys and the hills, and you're like, and and down over to your left, then you've got like the River Severn and the bridges, and you're like, wow, yeah, I'm home. Like yeah. this is this is amazing. I, I really missed the mountains and the, especially growing up in the valleys. Yeah, I always found I always felt safe. You know, people say I love living by the ocean. I always loved living in the mountains, and then like uh, something that took me a while to get used to is how much flatter it is. <laughs> so, you live in Hammond's Plains. That's not flat. <laughs> I know, but it compared it to like I don't know driving up the Bronza. That's true. It's completely <laughs> just just move somewhere on the Cabot Trail. You'll be fine. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where I like going. You need to live in Inverness. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, finally some elevation. <laughs> <laughs> there is way too much oxygen down here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, now I feel lightheaded. Yeah, yeah. If we flood, I'm not going to yeah. drown. <laughs> Sorry, you haven't asked us a question for about no, 20 minutes. But this is Sorry. what happens when. You you get three Welshmen in this a room. This is exactly what if, I was going This is basically for. like a Welsh court. No. Well, you know, there is no order, and they just come to say, I think he's guilty. Just talk uh, over the top. Good job it's the middle of the day and we haven't got beer because yeah, we'd all be singing. Yeah. This was this was the vibe I was going for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I looked at the clock and realized that the cl the time did go really quickly. So I am actually going to ask a question, but it's the last question, thankfully. Um, 
And I also realize just how different I sound on this podcast when they hear when everyone's going to be hearing your guys' voices, and then I just pop in with my little so Shore <laughs> accent, like, "Hey guys, let's talk about Nova Scotia." <laughs> just uh, to remind everybody, it's actually about yeah. Nova Scotia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on the show, every every guest, I always ask them because usually it's an expat or alum or something who's not living here. I will ask them their their twenty four hours if they were to come back to Nova Scotia, what would they do with those twenty four hours if they only had those? So I'm going to flip it on you guys. You only have twenty four hours before we kick you out of Nova Scotia. What are you going to do in your last twenty four hours in the province? Wow, wow, that's, a, that's and a whoever lot. wants to jump on it first because I purposefully didn't tell you guys this in advance because I wanted to see how quickly you'd think on your feet. I think for me. I'll throw myself in there. I'd have uh, definitely go for a drive down the South Shore on one of the coast roads and then probably get fish and chips somewhere like Mahone Bay. Um, and then I'd probably try and squeeze in a trip up to the valley and just just get a bunch of, just drink a bunch of wine <laughs> up in the valley. <laughs> so it's just food and drink. Then. Food and drink, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the scenery. And the, and right. the scenery, yeah. yeah, yeah. Are, are we starting in Halifax or can you, we start anywhere? I'm I'm not going to put parameters. I'm going to let you take a, take a run at it. Okay. Um, well, I will, I'll start up in Cabot then and I'll have a round of golf at Cabot <laughs> Links um, or someone, you know, one, one of those uh, things. Grab a helicopter fly down to the valley, grab some decent <laughs> lunch or with some wine, um, and yeah, come down to come down to Halifax um, and just enjoy a walk across the, the waterfront and stuff, just kind of soak up the, the city life a little bit more. And if I've still got time and it's not sunset, yeah, drive down the south coast, uh, or, or Lawrencetown Beach, actually, because I love that place, um, and just watch the sun go down there because they're both, you know, it's, it's so dramatic. It's so nice. Yeah, yeah. I would spend it with my in-laws. Yeah. I'm kidding. Um, no. <laughs> it seemed genuine. I, no, I thought you, that you, was you, a really. I, I, I thought we were going to end on a really sweet note, and then well, I love my in-laws to bits. But I got, I got to be selfish here. So <laughs> I would, um, I would, I, I have my pilot's license. So I'd rent a plane, and I would, I would do a circular tour of the province, kind of see everything, um, land back, go into downtown Halifax, probably stay at Sutton Place, and burn up and down Argyle Street do all the favorite haunts that, that we have. And then if there was time, I would take my dog for a walk with my wife on probably Lawrencetown Beach. Mm-hmm. Copying your idea, it's a beautiful spot. Yeah. And then um, just be depressed, basically. Yeah, and go, damn, i got to leave. <laughs> then I'd see my in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> you they, saved it. They can yeah. wave you off. So I'd see the whole province, but then I would come home for the evening. It's, it's funny, actually, that, and it's probably because we're all based down here. Um, but there is actually a lot more to Nova Scotia than just around Halifax and HRM and all the rest of it. And we both mentioned the valley and yeah, yeah, yeah. Inverness. But there's actually that whole chunk at the top as well with um, like Amherst and, and all that, which I don't think really gets a mention when people are talking about it. I actually spent a summer, uh, a couple of weeks up there up in Cannon around that kind of farm, the farm kind of place of you know, the breadbasket of Nova Scotia. It, what a beautiful place that is. Absolutely stunning. Well, I mean, Nova Scotians were the, probably the worst for that, is that we kind of, we stick to our little regions. Uh, and, you know, we, it was probably COVID that made most Nova Scotians actually discover Nova Scotia. Um, so it's like we'd all go into Halifax or something like that from where we're at. Like for me, living rurally, I didn't go to the valley. I went to Halifax to do something different. So yeah, like we didn't, we never really would explore our own backyard all, all my neighbors said like 
like we're giving them tips on where to go in Nova Scotia because it's that whole yeah, yeah. holiday thing where you're just exploring everywhere. And my neighbors that have lived here for years, they're like, Wait, where's that? Like, like we, we, are you in the same place as us? Even, <laughs> even here, I, I, I took my bike and I went down to the, the daffodil garden that they, that they built um, just in downtown Dartmouth. And, you know, in May, all the daffodils come out. And I went there, obviously, because of daffodils and whales and everything else. And it's, it's so stunning. Um, it's one of my favorite places to go. Um, and I, I send a post, uh, picture of it and send it to a couple of my friends. And they're like, where is that? And I was like, it's literally just 10 minutes away from where we all live. <laughs> and they were like, wow, how do you find these places? I was like, you just go out and explore. And it's like, a, like you said, it's part of a big holiday. One of my most ex- amazing experiences here was the Briar Island. Well, oh, it's amazing, isn't it? And it surpro- shocks me that so many people haven't done it. I haven't done it. it is, Have you not? I've not done it. it oh like, my god, it's amazing. We lost count of how many humpbacks we yeah. saw. It was insane. We, we are going to take my daughter down probably this year uh, if if we can. But yeah, it was just one of those things. Like I didn't go to Peggy's Cove until I came back with my wife in my like twenties uh, when I wasn't even living here. Like just didn't do it. Sorry, I just got to interject on when you mentioned Peggy. None of us mentioned Peggy's Cove, and it's like famous for Nova Scotia. Um, you know, as a as a backdrop to the point of where there's a British comedian called um, Alan Partridge. Well, Steve Coogan is the comedian, and his character Alan Partridge. He's got a new book out, and it's about lighthouses. And in the background, there's a picture of Peggy's Cove. Oh, really? That's <laughs> yeah. Huge Partridge fan. Yeah, yeah we, we all know who that Lynn. is. <laughs> the you know what's funny, and when we had Sean on our podcast, we spoke a bit about rediscovery during COVID. And I'd never become disenchanted with living here. I always loved Nova Scotia, but. I pined for home, particularly when I couldn't go, or when I could go, but I'd have to quarantine for 14 days, whatever it was in the UK. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to put my parents through having to put up with me. So we rediscovered the province. And and since COVID, I've had to remind myself and I make a point of doing it in what a beautiful, varied place we live in. And to come back to your point, Darren, about me cycling down the street and seeing something, um, there is so much here that I, I always need to remember that people save their entire lives every paycheck to make one trip to this province before they die people that come off on the cruise ships yeah it's the it's the stop that they've spent their whole life just one day dreaming of getting off at we we are in a very very lucky position to live where we live and, and have what we have on our doorstep um and i'll admit there was a time in my life i forgot that yeah. covid forced me to rediscover it because it really was my ocean playground during those years and uh, i'm very thankful that i was able to fall back in love with nova scotia well, and I think, you know, I'll kind of wrap it up on this. That's one of the things I've loved about doing this show so far is that the sort of two groups of people that I've learned probably the most about Nova Scotia from are the people that have left and the people that have chosen to come here. Um, and I learned way more about this place when I do my once a year trip back as an expat when I'd come home and be like, okay, I, I do need to get out and see things. So uh, I think it's really fascinating that, you know, a place you can probably learn the most from it from the people that um, maybe aren't even here anymore or have only spent a little bit of time here. So, um, you know, with that being said, I, I want to thank you guys for, I mean, I didn't have to really do anything. So <laughs> that was probably easiest the episode easiest of episode I've done. I didn't have to stretch for anything. If anything, I was like, how am I going to wrap these guys up? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you won't, get a, you won't stop us from talking. Really sorry if we all start talking really fast as well. I think yeah. we'd all accelerated. <laughs> I, I mean, you're, you're in Nova Scotia. I think fast talking <laughs> is pretty commonplace. I, I think we're all pretty comfortable with that. But um, no, guys, I, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come down here, uh, sharing a bit about, you know, uh, Wales and talking about your your life here in Nova Scotia and 
yeah, I just uh, really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Global Blue Nosers is a Some Good Media and Entertainment production. It's hosted, edited, and produced by me, Sean Meister. And today's episode was recorded in the Podstarter Studios in Halifax, Nova Scotia. All the music used on the show is by Lunenburg-based band Black Matilda. And you can find the show on Instagram, Facebook, uh, and LinkedIn, so give us a follow when you get a chance. And also, if you liked the show today, uh, how about giving a five-star rating and leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to the show? A very big extra special thanks to Reese, Darren, and James for joining me this week. Uh, It sounded like they uh, kind of enjoyed themselves, so I hope you enjoyed listening to them. And I really hope you uh, enjoyed today's bonus episode, looking at the other side of being a global blue noser. For me, it was actually really enjoyable to sit and hear them talk amongst themselves. It was a different experience, and I really enjoyed it. And then come on back in a couple more days for our regular Thursday episode. I'll see you then.